He said that Jesus Christ has risen And He is the open door Well, how you doing, everyone? Welcome to this episode of the Cajun Conservative Show, where we talk about life, we talk about liberty, we talk about the pursuit of happiness, and we show the world that us Cajuns do have intelligence. Hope you have a good day, good week, wherever you are located, because remember, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Had a couple of audio issues right there, but I'm fine with that. Um, ladies and gentlemen, have a jam-packed show. Uh, have a guest on the third segment, Mr. Jason Dozeron. He is running for the 46th district of the for state representative in Louisiana. Uh, love having these candidates in here, especially the ones that I have a chance to hear from. Um, I'm a, I'm going to be. I am a constituent of the 46th district. And I can't wait to go ahead and uh, and get to visit with him in the third segment. Um, so with that being said, we got Like I said, we got a jam packed show. Um, got some new artwork in the studio. I just wanted to bring that out. Uh, there was a ministry. I, I forgot the card, um, but it was a ministry uh, helping uh, abusive women and uh, helping them, you know, uh, get back on their feet. And this is some art artwork. I seen it. I could not pass it up ladies and gentlemen I, I had to go ahead and pick it up and uh i put it in the studio um looks pretty good looks pretty good and i changed a little bit around i just changed this flag in the back and moved it around um but i, I can't wait to get to, to talk about some of the subjects we have for today and we're gonna go ahead and ride go right along so ladies and gentlemen fox news is being sued by dominion voting machines um they are suing fox news for 1.6 billion dollars now this is old news. This is has this has been going on, but um, uh, this past week we had uh, the owner of the owner of uh, Fox News, uh, Murdoch. Uh, my, uh, I believe is. Uh, let me make sure. I, I want to make sure. Uh, Rod uh, uh, Murdoch. Uh, he's the chairman of the media group, and he made an he made an astonishment, uh, an astonishing claim or. He was in a defamation under oath and he felt that, um, let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and read this. Well, before I get to that, I'm trying to find in this article cause I'm reading from ABC news. Normally I don't read from left leaning news sources, but I found this article pretty interesting. Um, so under oath, Murdoch, um, said they endure, um, Murdoch said under oath in response to a direct question about Fox News hosts, including Sean Hannity, Lou Dobbs, and uh, Martha, uh, Mara Bermino, according to court documents, I would have liked us to be stronger in denouncing in the hindsight, Murdoch added, while also disclosing that he was always the botch of fa the false Trump claims of widespread election fraud that ha that, he, his, uh, that his own officers said did not exist. Now, this is this is why this information coming out. Fox News, Newsmax, and other news organizations, mainly conservative news outlets, said there were some things that happened in the 2020 election that, that shouldn't have happened. And this led to, um, to the Democrats saying that this was led to January 6th, false claims of uh, a rigged election of 2020. Now... Um, him coming out and saying this, this is his personal belief. He said, look, I wish we wouldn't have done this. I wish, um, 
I wish we wouldn't have uh, pushed this issue. And there is some at Fox News that believe that narrative. Why am I bringing this up again? Like you, you may be asking. Well, I'm glad you asked, and I'm going to be telling you in a bit because this led to a a letter from Chuck Schumer and House Democrat leader Hakeem Jeffries writing a letter to the news organization and telling them in this in this um, in this letter that they should be that Fox News should be ashamed of himself of themselves. And now that the leader of Fox News went ahead and said that he wished they wouldn't have said anything and he doesn't endorse this, that Fox News should make the host like Tucker Carlson renounce this, um, their, their claims of the 2020 election. And they should go ahead and open on television, rebuke this and Fox News should be held accountable because this caused the insurrection of January 6th, according to the Democrats. And they also say that this is crushing our democracy. I have a news article here from, um, from the daily caller where Chuck Schumer appeared out of in on all places cnn and i'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about cnn later on in this news uh news uh in this in this segment but democrat chuck schumer of new york said thursday that de- the, the democrats had a right and an obligation to tell fox news what to do during a cnn uh, uh, appearance Schumer, the Senate minority majority leader and Democrat rep Hakeem Jeffries of New York, the House minority leader, sent Fox News chairman Rodolph Murdoch and other executives at the news uh, at the network a letter Wednesday demanding that Fox uh, that uh, demanding they direct Fox News hosts, including the Daily Caller co-founder Tucker Carlson, to issue a on-air apology for content surrounding the 2020 presidential election. This is from um, Mr. Chuck Schumer. Um, Rush used to call him Chucky. Uh, we need we need him to take the next step. Talking about Murdoch, uh, murder. That uh, the next step and the next step is to tell Carlson, the Ingrams, and all the other commentary to stop spreading the big lie. To admit what they said was wrong. Help restore some of the faith that we have lost. Schumer told CNN John Ber- Berman, who guest holds the lead. Um, Fox News has uh, demanded CNN, MSNBC, and News Nation uh, has the nominate, uh, dominated the C- uh, CNN, MSNBC, News Nation in the ratings, posting more views across the day than others three cable news network combined from 5 p.m. to midnight. Um, now, now, wh- like I said, this, you might be wondering why I'm bringing this up in, for the first segment, because, ladies and gentlemen, I want to show you hypocrisy at its finest. Chuck Schumer and Hakeem Jeffries are responding to Murdoch's um, um, deposition and saying it was wrong for Fox News to lie and to initiate issue an apology. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Chuck Schumer appeared on CNN, as I said earlier. The network that pushed Russian collusion, the network that helped hide the Hunter Biden's laptop to help the Democrats advance. And ladies and gentlemen, my blood is bawling. First off, Chuck Schumer and Hakeem Jeffries should not even address the press like this. I understand they can have their opinions and their beliefs about 2020. They, they can have their opinions on stuff that happened during that time. 
And we can look Fox News is Fox News perfect? No, Fox News can 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 push some things. But ladies and gentlemen, two elected officials coming out and saying Fox News need to restore our uh, democracy. Um, I want to go ahead and pull. Let's see. Yeah, Chuck Schumer also said in that CNN um, interview. This is not simply te- um, this is not simply telling him what to do. He's saying, look, I'm not telling Fox News what to do. This is telling them, showing them that they have hurt our democracy probably more when no other actor with the exception of Donald Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, see, see how they and look, I, I hate when the left does this. Now, we, we they can accuse us of doing this with Biden or, or Barack Obama, how they, they, they measure everything according to Donald Trump, because. Uh, I believe it was the last show I brought this out. I know I had the article where they would um, Joy Reid was calling Ron DeSantis worse than Donald Trump. And Donald Trump did more for this nation than Joe Biden has ever did in the 40 some years that he has been serving in the Senate and be ser- been serving in politics. But Chuck Schumer saying that this th- th- them saying this stuff. It's hurting our democracy. Now, I have my personal feelings on uh, on the 2020 election. I don't make them public or I don't talk about them too much because I'm trying. I I feel we need to go ahead and focus on other things. But ladies and gentlemen, whatever Laura Ingram says, um, Tucker Carlson, Lou Dobbs, um, Sean Hannity. The reason I don't think Murdoch can tell them, hey, you have to issue an apology because these these people are opinionists. Like me, I am not a journalist. I never claim to be a journalist. I tell you a story that I found. I think it's interesting and I want to give you my opinion on that story. Like this story right here, two political candidates, two federal position candidates or two um correction. Two federal politicians serving in the capital of the United States telling the free press what to do. Now, they did not pass no laws. They didn't pass anything. So they did not uh, they did not go ahead and violate the First Amendment yet. But what if Chuck Schumer and Akeem Jeffries if they don't get their way, will they try to pass legislation which goes against the Constitution, the First Amendment, that they should not make any laws to infringe the rights of the free will of the people and for the freedom of the press? Now, but but going ahead, now you can have a you can have an opinion. You can say, "All right, Fox, you lied. You should apologize." But Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, and whoever else, Dan Bongino, whoever else is on Fox News, they do not have to apologize. They are opinionists. They're not news journalists. Like me, if I say something, I'm voicing my opinion. I'm not stating anything as fact. Except the gospel truth. But now, this is a whole thing about the media is breaking this down. How Fox News—they should force Fox News to go ahead and and and, and tell their uh, their their opinionists or their show hosts that they need to apologize because this is hurting our democracy. We need to get faith back in the government. I'm sorry, 
I don't, I don't, I don't have no faith in the government. Listen, I have friends that are politicians. I have met, I have met friends that are politicians. I have been invited to things for politicians. I don't, I will not go ahead and tell them, Hey, I don't, you know, I won't go ahead and say no, but I don't trust politicians. I like the people. And it, look, uh, let me say this. Trust politics. Uh, if, if this is a this is a rock, this is between a rock and a hard place. But but it, it I, I I don't trust government. And I'm sorry I say that. I just I just don't because I see what the government does. And when you have two politicians going on open, uh, sending a letter to a news organization and telling them they have to tell their people to apologize because they didn't like what they said on an opinion of a story, that, that kind of troubles me. Because, yes, they did not push legislation because they know they can't. It's going to get shot down quicker than a, than, a, than a duck over a pond with five hunters shooting at that one duck. But ladies and gentlemen, this disturbs me. And it also goes to the fact, why didn't Chuck Schumer and Akeem Jeffries, if they're so focused on the truth, why didn't he send a letter to MSNBC, CBS, ABC, CNN, and every other news network that went ahead, as I said, pushed Russian collusion and made an effort to stop the Hunter Biden laptop story and and to cover everything that Biden has been doing? Because, ladies and gentlemen, this is a double standard. It's hypocrisy at its finest. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, the, hunter, the, the, the Russian collusion story, which has been proven to be false, by the way, and you had no retraction from CNN, MSNBC, CBS, none of them. You, never, you had no retraction saying it was false. But that benefited the Democrat Party. So, see, they can tolerate that lying, but they cannot tolerate what Fox News is pushing out. Now, look, like I said, if it was wrong, they should be called out for what is wrong. But look, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, I I feel certain things happened in the 2020 election that I I question. And that's not wrong. But ladies and gentlemen, they're pushing this agenda of how you, you should trust the government. I don't think you should trust. The only one you should trust truly is Jesus Christ. That that is my point with this. But you have two prominent Democrats standing up and saying, hey, you know what? You as an executive needs to force these people to say what you want them to say. And that's not right. And ladies and gentlemen, this is why Democrats also on some point don't like Fox News and podcasts like this. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we get the word out. We get the word out that that they are trying to take away our freedoms. And and look, look, it's far. It, it, it did. I'm trying. I'm I'm threading on. on, on I'm, I'm trying to take my thoughts. I'm trying to make sure I word this right. Democrats don't like freedom of the press because a true journalist or a true person that really wants to find the truth can expose them. And look, this isn't the only time they have done this, ladies and gentlemen. They have 
wanted Fox News. Look, from this article from Breitbart, Democrats representative, uh, representatives sitting on the House Energy and Com uh, Commerce Committee wrote DirecTV and other providers in February of 2021 urging the companies to drop Newsmax, Fox News, and One American News Network. DirecTV dropped ONE in April of 2022 following a routine inter uh, internal review and stopped carrying Newsmax in January. So the House Democrats told told uh, DirecTV, "Hey, stop carrying these conservative news networks. Isn't that politics influencing free press? I believe it is." And they and them trying to disprove Fox News because they they probably disagree with Fox News right here, but Fox News exposes them and other networks. And it's sad that politicians cannot respect the freedom of the press unless it's putting them good and bringing down Donald Trump. And it's, it's sad to say, it's sad to say, but that being said, we'll be right back after this short break. How you doing everyone? Isaac here. I'm the Cajun conservative and I want to thank brother Lanny Hayes from Hayes's dump truck service for their generous support of the Cajun conservative and brothers just searching. Hayes's dump truck service serves the Lafayette and surrounding areas. If you have any job that you need done, like cleanup or hauling material to your job site or your home, we haul limestone, we haul sand, we haul topsoil, any type of material you need. If you're in the Lafayette and surrounding areas, please call Brother Lanny Hayes at 337-852-8043. Remember, Hayes' Dump Truck Service, where Jesus is Lord of the company. Cleansed and made us whole. Not one hub, not one soul. All right, everybody, welcome back to the second segment of the Cajun Conservative Show. Uh, don't miss the third segment. We're going to have Jason Dozero. He's running for state representative in the 46th district of Louisiana. Um, we're going to have a great time uh, talking about politics and things uh, that that w we, we, we want to ask him why he's running. Um, so please stay tuned for that, especially if you're in the 46th district of Louisiana. Uh, I know on the audio side, we usually put the, uh, the whole podcast on YouTube. And um, we're going to go ahead and put his interview separately. And if you live in the state of Louisiana, share it to your friends in the 46th district of Louisiana. With that being said, please remember to hit the subscribe button and get content like this all the time. We go we release two episodes a week. So go ahead and do that for me. That would help me out greatly. Um, Biden says he, he, he Biden now says he'll visit East Palestine, Ohio train uh, derailment site at some point. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I got this article from the New York Post. Uh, Biden is been has been criticized uh, because he has not visited East Palestine. It's been a month since this train derailment. Trump has been there. J.D. Vance has been there. A number of uh, conservative politicians have been there. And Pete Buttigieg has finally went there, but it was on the heels of Donald Trump. And he's also making excuses why he hasn't he, he didn't go there sooner. He, he wanted to make sure the crews had time to clean up and everything. Now East Palestine, they had a, um, they had a town hall meeting uh, a couple of days ago from this recording and ladies and gentlemen, 
they, these these people are pretty old. They're upset because they think the federal government is taking their time with this. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we know the Biden administration is slow, but they shouldn't be slow at something like this. But they are. But now the president, a month after or a little over a month after this derailment and this horrible thing has happened. The president says, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I will be there at some point. Um, direct from the president's uh, quote, he says, I will be out there at some point. Biden told reporters Thursday when asked about a potential visit to Ohio, to the Ohio town where dangerous chemicals uh, seeped into the ground and toxic smoke uh, bloomed into the sky after the northern sudden train went off the tracks. Biden did not indicate when the future trip would take place because ladies and gentlemen, if he does go, it's because he's getting political heat. Now, a lot, and that's the thing. A lot of people don't, uh, a lot of people don't think he will go to this town now on TikTok, And I'm out of all places. TikTok. I had people send me videos of the governor saying that it wouldn't be good for Biden to show up. And then they cut off the clip. I'm not going to comment on that because I didn't get the whole clip. Um, but there was people trying to justify. I brought out a video and I can't remember. I, I, I cut clips and put it on TikTok. Go follow me on TikTok. Um, and it, I, I brief points that I bring out. and I put them on TikTok and people got mad at me saying, oh, well, the government didn't want them to help. Oh, and, and bringing up all kinds of excuses why Biden didn't show up. But ladies and gentlemen, this this shows that Biden don't care about anything except Ukraine. OK, think about this, ladies and gentlemen. He ran to Ukraine. And gave them more money. And you can have the argument that was already budgeted or what. I don't care. But he ran to Ukraine to hurry up and give them money. And to assure the Ukrainian president and their people that we have their back. While a town in Ohio had a, 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 a terrible accident. And have, has a crisis. And he's like, ah, I, I, I'm going to go there at some point. He rushes to Ukraine, but he can't rush to Ohio. It will burn less fossil fuels than going to Ukraine. I'll I tell you that. And uh, also on one note, I saw a meme, and it's kind of funny. Um, have Biden praying at a Ukrainian war memorial, which I'm not against. But at the same time, when he comes here, he's looking at his watch. When soldiers come off a plane. How many of you remember that? It's just, it's just kind of funny. That Biden all of a sudden is going to go, but he don't know when. Ladies and gentlemen, does that sound like a president that cares for the American people? I, I just. And this is what gets my blood boiling, unfortunately. Um, also this week, Biden had concern, uh, had a cancerous tissue removed. White house says no further treatment is needed. Now this comes after Biden had his physical where the doctors say, Hey, there's nothing wrong with president Biden. He's all good. This came two days ago, which would have been Friday of uh, last week. Uh, president Biden had a cancerous skin, uh, lens and remove, uh, Linson removed from his chest as part of his comprehension health assessment in February, according to the White House. White House physician Kevin O'Connor revealed in a late Friday afternoon memo that skin tissue was removed during his health assessment on February 16 and was sent for a biopsy, which revealed it was cancerous. Now, I'm going to say this. Look, I, I don't care for the president's policies. But this is serious. Now, it was a, it, it was small. Um, 
Well, it says February 16th health summary said a small lesion was removed from his chest for a biopsy under the healing, the heading skin cancer uh, surveillance. Um, uh, the experts, the biopsy confirmed that it was a small uh, lesion was uh, basic cells. And I can't read all these big fancy words, but all the cancerous tissue was safely removed. And that, that is good. Like I said, I don't agree with a lot with the president's um, policies. I criticize the president a lot on this show, but I'm glad he's all right with this. Now, this also rings up to a lot of concerns about President Biden's health. Um, well, does President Biden is President Biden fit to serve for office? Um, I hope so, because he is the president of the United States and he makes a lot of decisions. But we've already seen from the past that I don't think so. To be honest with you, I am I'm getting pretty scared about this moment of where this country's heading under his leadership. But I do pray for this that he is all right. I, I I don't I'm not I'm not like a lot of people on the left. Unfortunately, that has happened already. Told me to go to hell. Um, told me I hope something bad would happen to me. That comes from the left, ladies and gentlemen. I I I'm starting to get big enough now to where I get trolls. And I got one particular on you uh, on a uh, Twitter, not Twitter. Um on TikTok. And ladies and gentlemen, the, the comments that come from the left. Um, and look, I don't do that. I'm praying for the president. I hope he's healthy. I hope that he comes out strong. He, he's a strong individual so he can help serve our country. Cause he is the president. I criticize his policies. I criticize things that he does, but I hope he's healthy. I, I don't want that to happen. Now it goes different than the left. Unfortunately, when the left pray, it was happy that unfortunately Rush Limbaugh went on to the other side. And it, that was disgusting. We don't do that on the right. But but here, but we're told on the right, hey, y'all mean homophobic bigots. Y'all don't care about people, but they're the ones that make outlandish claims on us and hope things happen to us that shouldn't happen. That's just cruel. All right. So we also, before I get to my main story, uh, President Biden takes out $250,000 line of credit against his Delaware beach home aimed scandals remain a mystery. This is from Fox news. President Biden secured a $250,000 line of credit against his uh, Delaware beach house aimed at probing to his son's Hunter Biden's tax affairs. And in the midst of his own classified document scandal, a financial move that remains a mystery. Biden took out a home equality, uh, viable rate loan of credit from MNT bank on December 5th against the Rehoboth beach house. He and his wife, first lady Jill Biden purchased for 2.74 million. Six years ago, Fox news reported early February. Since then, the white house has not explained the move. The spies repeated questioning. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the president of the United States. Why does he need to go ahead and pull out a line of credit? Is it to pay lawyers? Is, is he in some financial debt? We don't know. Now, President Biden, now th this is where it gets to the point, too. People are not asking questions about this. If I was in the press room, I would ask, hey, what about the $250,000 line of questioning? Kareem Jean-Pierre has not answered. President Biden has not answered. But ladies and gentlemen, remember, this is the same people. The same people, Joe Biden and Jill Biden and the left, these are the same people that criticized Donald Trump because when he got into office, they said he should not run his offices because of conflict of interest. So why is the president pulling out $250,000? I, I, I can't tell you. I don't know. 
Uh, Corrine Jean said uh, in a press briefing, yes, I saw the reports on that. I would just refer you to the White House counsel office. Uh, go to the lawyers and ask the questions to the lawyers because I'm not going to answer the question. And that's the problem with this administration. Ladies. And I always go back to that. Remember when Trump was running and or when Trump was president, they would say that the, this is the, this administration is the least transparent administration. He don't give us uh, daily briefings. He don't give he gives us only once a week and all we all we have to ask questions and things going on. But ladies and gentlemen, every time Biden would walk, uh, Trump would walk from the White House to Air Force One or to Marine One, people would shout questions to him and Donald Trump would stop and answer questions to the best of his knowledge. This president don't do that. This weekend, President Biden's on another vacation. He has spent over 300 some days in the short, short three years that he's been the president on vacation, ladies and gentlemen. Just think about that. He has almost been, I think it was like 300 some days. I would have to go back and look at it. But if that's true, he has spent over a year on vacation. So why, hey, maybe that's what this $250,000 is. It may be to pay for his vacation. We, I don't know. But it, it's just, why is the president pulling out and why they're so hush-hush about it? And we're going to have to see more about it later on. Just... It, it just keeps popping up, all these candles. And what's funny is, ladies and gentlemen, they, they blame Biden, they blame Trump. I remember when he ran of all, and in, while in office, all these scandals. Remember all the scandals that they tried to push on Trump and Trump was like, that's not true? This president has four or five scandals at one time and none of the media is touching it because there's one-sided. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about Merrick Garland. Uh, Merrick Garland, by far, in my opinion, is one of the worst AGs in America. Because, ladies and gentlemen, this this man is he 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 makes decisions not not on facts. He makes decisions on how how it can politically advance the left wing agenda. Why do I say that? Because and look, I got this. From my, I'm going to give credit to where credit due. My good friend, Scott Ford, sent me a video. It was a Tucker Carlson piece, and he was talking about this, and I, I was furious of what I saw. Now, uh, Scott, I know you listen. You're a faithful listener. Um, <laughs> Angry Isaac probably won't come out tonight because I've settled down and I've collected my thoughts. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Scott Ford, ladies and gentlemen, go check out Scott Ford's show. Great brother and great podcast. Um, but anyway, Garland hit for admitting to G DOJ prosecutes more pro-lifers than terrorists because pro-lifers act in the day. Twitter uses blast, um, U S attorney general Merrick Garland on Wednesday after he explained that the department, the U S department of justice, he prosecutes more pro-life activists blocking abortion clinic centers than pro-choicers firebombing pregnant centers because pro-lifers operate in the daylight. Now this ain't new ladies and gentlemen. You remember, um, when, when, uh, the summer of love, the summer of 2020, when the riots were happening in this country and people were asking the attorney general. Now, Mary Garland wasn't the attorney general at the time, but they were asking about processing, um, criminal cases against them. People could carry it over to Merrick Garland. And basically he said, mm, we can't do that because they committed those crimes at night and it wasn't during the day. 
There was no business going on to that was what well, I was the, the attorney general's or the, the, the Justice Department, Department of Justice's answer. Garland made the point that it was easier for the U.S. government to carry out justice against pro-lifers than pregnant centers, arsonists in a Senate Judiciary Committee oversight hearing on Wednesday. Garland's claim came after several U.S. senators, including Senator Josh Hawley, Senator Ted Cruz, Senator Mike Lee, grilled him on what they perceive as a double standard in the DOG treatment of pro-lifers versus violent pro-choice activists. Um... The conservative lawmaker suggests during the hearing that under Garland's oversight of the DOJ and FBI had chosen to prosecute pro-life Catholics, but all but ignored the pro-choice activists that had uh, vandalized and burned, uh, burned crisis pregnant centers and Catholic churches. Um, while being questioned, Lee Garland admitted that the DOJ has prosecuted more pro-life than, uh, excuse me, Pro-lifers then clinic arsonists, but uh, but only because pro-lifers operate during the daytime. Therefore, it's easier to arrest than the pro-choicers who commit arsonists and felonists at night. Now, his argument was, well, we could see them better. We can go ahead and, and know who did them. That's why. But ladies and gentlemen, is it kind of odd that they are attacking Christian pro-lifers? And in this, in this, um, and in this hearing, Lee and um, Holly brought out some points of two pro-lifers. One was praying. One was just trying to get out or something of that nature. And they sent FBI agents to these two men, to the, to the two men's home and arrested them in full SWAT gear, ladies and gentlemen. But the people that set fire to pregnancy centers or to churches, man, the reason we don't prosecute them is because they've done that in the night. Ladies and gentlemen, don't we need, okay, if, if, the, if the DOJ cannot do their job, can we get Batman? Because don't you remember Batman works in the night and he stops evildoers at night? Ladies and gentlemen, what is the attorney general doing? And I can understand if they went ahead and did it uh, together. Like, uh, well, not together. Let me say, how, if they were, if it was the same standard, if they arrested the same amount of people as pro-lifers, I would be fine. But ladies and gentlemen, that that is one lame excuse. That that excuse is telling me that he does not want. It, he does not doing his job. When you have when you have an attorney general tell senators, sitting senators, hey, the reason we don't prosecute arsonists of pro-life centers is because they did it at night and we don't know who they are, but we can arrest pro-lifers because they're standing outside protesting. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a that's one of the lamest excuses I've ever heard. But on this note, this is why they're doing this, ladies. And look, I, I don't. I got some flack back from 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 TikTok. I'm, I'm telling you a lot of personal stories right now, because I may I I went ahead and said that the left does not respect Christianity, and there was people. Well, we can respect what you believe, but you can't shove it down our throat, ladies and gentlemen. Why does the government, or at least the left, let's let's not let the, the 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 people that are on on the left attack Christianity? And this is, I feel this is what Mary Garland's doing. 
Because, ladies and gentlemen, the left does not like Christianity. They cannot stand it. We are we are the opposition to them. And lady, this this proves right here when you have an attorney general bias of people, and not attack one set of group, but go ahead and uh, well, say attack, go ahead and prosecute, not prosecute one set of group, one group, but go ahead and prosecute the others. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to put one more point. Then we're going to go ahead and get with Mr. Jason on the next segment. There was a news article that came out that said that New York was going, New York City to pay BLM protesters million in historical settlement. BML protesters demonstrating in the wake of George Floyd's death in New York City could be paid millions if a judge approves a settlement filed in federal court on Tuesday. Each of the hundreds of the protesters were uh, pepper sprayed, stung with uh, bayonets, uh, yes, yeah, stung at with uh, bayonets, and uh, restrained with zip ties. Would get paid twenty one thousand. 500 each while they receive court appearance tickets could receive a extra 250,000 totaling nearly up to 10 million. This will be the highest paid high highest per payment settlement award in a class action lawsuit for a mass arrest arrest in New York city. So think about this, ladies and gentlemen, just, just think about this. And this is how our world has come to. This is where I'm, I'm summing up with this. Protesters turn to violence, burn cities, violated people's property, are getting paid millions, while people are protesting at, a, at an abortion clinic, are getting arrested for threatening. Don't you see the, 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 and look, didn't turn to violence. No, the pro board, uh, pro pro lifers. Normally I'm going to say normally don't turn to violence, but protesters that turn to violence to get their point across are going to get paid millions while Marin Garland is arresting pro lifers for going outside an abortion clinic. And making their voices heard that they disagree with abortion. Think about that. Just think about it. It is a, and, and there's no bias in the DOJ and the FBI. That would be me. If you believe that I'm going to, you probably believe in a rabbit's foot. With that being said, we'll be right back after the break with Mr. Jason Dozeron running for state representative in the great state of Louisiana. Please stay tuned for that. We'll be right back after this short break. Cheers and good on you, boys and girls. My name is Scott Ford, and I have a podcast on Spotify. I would love it if you went over and subscribed to my podcast. It's a talk show. It covers a wide variety of topics. I cover success, motivation, uh, funny stories, topical events, things going on in the world. And I would love it if you went over and subscribed to my podcast. Thank you so much, Isaac. God bless. Enjoy your life. You're my peace. 
segment of the Cajun Conservative Show today. And for this segment, we have the great honor of having Mr. Jason Dozero. He is running for the 46th district, my district, here in the state of Louisiana. Mr. Jason, welcome to the Cajun Conservative Show. How you doing, sir? Man, I'm doing fantastic. It's my honor, actually, to be here. I thank you, Isaac. Well, we've we, we, we been trying to get everybody, and uh, my, pastor, <laughs> my pastor tells me, yes, he says, sir. Isaac, um... Do you know who Jason Dozero is? And I'm like, no. <laughs> He's like, well, they text me. They want to meet. And uh, I was like, okay. And that's where I heard you were running yes. for state representative. Uh, you you told me earlier it's not made official yet, but right. you are hitting ground running. That's right. Uh, Mr. Jason, uh, you're just not a politician now. You're a minister of the gospel. Um, yes, uh, just tell me why you're running for state senate uh, for the state representative seat. State rep, yeah. So there's there's a couple of things. Uh, my uh, my great grandfather. I told the, uh, the parish council the same story um, back whenever I was really young. My great grandfather. I was playing cars in front of his uh, his uh, fireplace on the plastic sheeting, and uh, he told me he says Jay, come here for a minute. And he made me uh, be quiet and sit down. And he turned the TV on, and it was Ronald Reagan. And uh, Ronald Reagan was giving some kind of speech. I forget what it was, uh, but he he made sure he goes that's that's your president. That's your president. And I said yes, sir. And uh, when I got done, whenever the, the President Reagan got done, he turned the TV off and I asked him, can I go play? And he's like, oh, yeah. So I went back on the floor and I'm playing. And I turned around, looked at him a couple of times. And uh, when I looked at him, he was just kind of staring. And uh, my great-grandfather was a World War II uh, tail gunner on a B-24 Liberator. So he was just kind of looking at the ground. Just So I went over to him. I said, Papa, I said, are you okay? And he goes, Jay, I pray in your lifetime that there are uh, people in polit- politics um, that are as good to the people as Ronald Reagan is to us. My great grandfather passed whenever I was in the military, uh, and uh, he passed, I think, in 02. And uh, that whole legacy, I wanted to be like him. That was my, my whole thing. And uh, he loved, genuinely loved people. So my service in the military, and then I've also uh, spent about four years in law enforcement, a year in state corrections in Arkansas, and then three years at the Lafayette Parish Sheriff's Department. And uh, that love for for being able to be involved with other folks in good situations and a lot of bad situations and being able to be the voice uh, of reason uh, and take the, the, the spirit that God's given me to be able to love people and learn what's needed and then to be the one, the mediator in the gap um, for prayer or whatever else. But that Ronald Reagan thing really stuck with me. And uh, whenever my grandfather, Elroy Johnson, passed uh, this past year, one of the things that he gave me was this Ronald Reagan presidential commemorative knife. And that story about my great-grandfather came flooding back to me. Um, so I carry this knife where I go, and I don't want to for- ever forget why I'm here, um, is to, to serve God and to serve the people. So so you're, you, you want to go ahead and... Um as you know, you, you want to care for the people. And that, that's what I like to see. I like to see a politician that's um, genuine of what he's sure. doing. And us, our conversation before jumping on air, you, you know, you, you, you told me some stories. You gave me some insights. And, you know, what, what do you see in the state of Louisiana? Because I can go ahead. And I've had a yeah. number of politicians so far this year uh, come sit where you're sitting. And we, we talk about the issues. But yeah. where do you? 
you know, you want to serve the people, but what's the issues you see that we can be that can be fixed sure. here in this state? Well, to to say what you can do and what you're wanting to do, the process of government is inherently slow. Right. Um, this is something that I've learned uh, by speaking to most of my neighboring uh, representatives, um, several of the the state senators, um, all the mayors, all the police chiefs, most of them anyway, uh, our sheriffs. And finding out what's necessary and what's needed, and how how the things that they how they want us to move and progress together. Um, so I understand those things. Roads and bridges, man, that's the number one thing. I think uh, Mike Pete told me that, and I said, well, Mike, I said, why don't we fix the roads? And he says, there's there's people that stand in the way of things being done in District 46. Um, a lot of great relationships need to be made. And melded together, especially because I think, if I'm not mistaken, they said the biggest turnover in the legislature is happening this year. Wow. The biggest turnover in the Senate and the House. So being able to make those relationships with those people and fight for District 46 and getting the things that we need and then work on the things that we want. Um, lowering taxes. The uh, There's a gentleman I spoke to. I was telling you about him, Mr. Maley. Um, he says, man, he said, I've got a great plan for our law enforcement to help them stay in that job. And our teachers and uh, something to the effect of uh, tax breaks and uh, lower income taxes by how many years you've been on the job and you work. Um, and for our teachers, man, I mean, just I watch these people. I've talked to our superintendents and, and to hear the things that the uh, Department of Education and Bessie are trying to pass down mandates that are completely unfeasible uh, that I was a part in helping uh, make them kind of rescind that order because they wanted to make it to where all of our third and fourth grade kids who really have not been to school, but back into school for about a year and a half, they were out for their first few years of school, uh, take this Dibbles test. And if they didn't pass it, now they got to go through 36 hours of summer school training. Wow. So our, our, uh, our sweet, uh, um, uh, not superintendent, our uh, principal over there at, at Tesh elementary, she goes, I don't know what we're going to do. I've got, Though this many this many teachers, I've got 600 kids. Our school grew in by a bunch. I've got kids that have to go to summer school, and if they don't pass, I don't have room for them because I've got 200 more kids coming up from second grade. She goes, they need to be able to read, they need to be able to write, they need to do math and social sciences. Well, that's fine, except you got kids that that did not go to school a lot, and you've removed phonics from their their first and second grade education because you think you've got something better, and so all these mandates were passed are trying to get passed down to our teachers. Um, I went to talk to Patrick Francis. He's the uh, president of the superintendent association and also St. Landry's superintendent. And he goes, I've got one for you better than that. He says, how are we going to pay these teachers? He says, they want one teacher per 15 students. How many teachers would Tesh have to have? I said, 20 right. certified teachers. There's no way they don't have it. They don't have that many probably in the entire district. And so who are we going to pay? How are we going to pay them? How are we going to pay the bus drivers? How are we going to feed them? Janitorial services. Who's paid for all that stuff? They didn't. They didn't add that. They just said this is the mandate we're going to make. So I called Fred Mills and I said, Fred, what do you think about this? He says, Call Bessie. Call Department of Education. So we did. And I told him, I said, Guys, you have to understand from our point of view why did you decide to pick this up and and run with it? It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Make it more feasible for the schools. So those little things like that is what I plan on doing. Is being involved. I, I was told by everybody says you want to pick out what things that you're good at. Well, I'm good at law enforcement. I was a SWAT, uh, SWAT certified through uh, Lafayette City when I worked for the parish uh, sheriff department. 
Um, I'm good at understanding veterans' rights, and I'm learning more because I'm a part of the VFW and American Legion here locally. Um, so I'm trying to get a lot more of that. But if we just bury our heads in the sand as legislators and say, well, I'm not good at this, I can't do it, that's not going to work for me. No. I want to be a full-time legislator. I want to know all my people. I want to go talk to my mayors. I want to have town hall meetings in both parishes every three or four months. And not not to mention coming on the Cajun Conservative Show. I don't mind <laughs> anytime you want to come on. Um, but no, you know, let's go let's go with another aspect of this. Uh, Jason, you 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 talked about you know what you want to do and everything of that nature. But um, I'm a Bible believing Christian. Anyone that knows or listens to this ep- uh, listen to this podcast know that I put my faith seriously in the word of god and i get this question asked a lot from me and i'm I'm not even on your side of the aisle i'm on the opposite side i'm the media isaac why you want to get into politics and i tell them we should as believers that's right and they i've had people tell me no your your job is to preach the gospel your job is to stay stay out of politics it's controversial and everything and I, i give them my reasons but as a believer why you know because for the same reason you know you're a minister you, you teach the Bible. Why, why is it important for believers to jump in political races? Because you, you have a lot of vision. Right. But a lot of people say, well, hold on. You're going to have to team up with Democrats. You're going to mm-hmm. have to team up with people you disagree with. Right. And as a Christian, are we supposed to just love each other and mm-hmm. just be join united? Right. So there's there's several things. I've talked to some people that uh, one sweetheart, She uh, I'm not going to tell you who she is or where she works at, but. Uh, she announced herself to me when we started our conversation as a, as a very blue dog Democrat. I said, fantastic. She goes, well, I thought you were conservative Republican. I said, absolutely. I said, but you're an American, right? She goes, I am. You from Louisiana? Mm-hmm. Say Martin Parish? Yep. You from Cecilia area? I am. I said, there you are. We have way more in common already. I said, look, I don't have to agree with you, but I'm going to be agreeable. I want to understand where you've come from. She had some very, very good reasons the way she felt like she did. She was also uh, didn't understand what the the Constitution said about a couple of those things and what law and how it was really written and what it was really for. After speaking, she goes, I understand you're going to be the first Republican I ever vote for. Um, I am very much Republican. I'm very much the conservative, but I'm not ignorant to the fact that you have to get people uh, to, to be on your side and, and to get on your side, you know what I mean? You have to let down all your standards. If it doesn't get, go against my morals and my ethics as a person, as a conservative, then I'm going to take a hard look at trying to help out whatever legislation is brought before us. Um, I think Mr. Mills was the best telling me, he says, I had an old, uh, legislator before they had term limits come up to me and says, uh, Fred, I'm gonna give you a good piece of advice. If a gentleman from another place, another city walks up to you and says, I need you to help me out with this piece of legislation. And it's for my city. It doesn't affect the state of Louisiana. And he says, and it's not bad for the people. And it doesn't affect you. It doesn't go against your morals or your ethics. He goes, you walk over there and you shake the man's hand and you ride with him because there's going to come a day where District 46 is going to need something. And and you're going to really want it for District 46. You walk back over to that gentleman. You say, sir, you remember when? And then you sign it. That is the nature of politics. Yeah. That's the nature of how you're going to get things done. Um, you can't walk in there with, as it were, guns a-blazing and, and, and show everybody just how far right you are. It doesn't work that way. People don't work that way. The reason why men and women of God need to be in politics is because it needs to have a righteousness return to this nation. It needs to return to this state. It needs to return to St. Martin and St. Landry Parish. It needs to return to your city, wherever the people are from. 
prayer works. I think it's uh, it's said best. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves, would pray, would seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then he would come and he would heal their land. Right. You want the state of Louisiana healed? Then start praying. Pray for those who have ruling authority over you. Pray for us. Pray for the other guys. I pray for Chad. I pray for Keith. I think they're probably both fine gentlemen. Uh, I've had brief encounters with both of them. They seem that way. I've got to meet uh, Mr. Boyer's dad, Howard. Fantastic gentleman, a Vietnam veteran. I've uh, got to speak with him at length at a, a little function we got to go to. Uh, so these gentlemen are, are uh, they're going to do the best thing that they know how to do. Our guys that are currently in office, they've done the best they know how to do. So whoever gets in there, if it's me, I want your prayers. I've told people whenever I give them my email address, I said, do me a favor. Go home and pray. Pray for the state and pray for me. Write down what you can on that prayer and email it to me because I want those to revolve on my website. I want those to revolve in my office. I want it to be filled with prayer. And I believe that God's got some things planned for the state of Louisiana. We elect the right governors, the right people that are in office, and we pray for them. Whoever it may be, we pray for them. God's got his way. He knows what he's going to do. Good answer, my brother. Um, on, on the, on, let's go back on the subjects of Louisiana. Uh, where it, we're just not in the middle of state reps and state senators. Sure. We have a secretary of state race. We have an attorney general race, That's but right. more, or lieutenant governor. But far most important, we have a governor's race. Now sure. we have four candidates that have announced uh, that they are running. Uh, the front runner is Jeff Landry. That's right. And, you know, we, we've had we've had eight years or going on to be eight years of, in my opinion, horrible governorship by the current governor that we have. Um, and he has put our state in a lot of bad positions, sure. especially every year where we have to hope we have a storm to have revenue to pay for the things you mentioned school a while ago. That's right. How, you know, how are we going to pay these teachers? How and governor's good at that. Well, we, we ending up with a, a surplus. Well, that's only because we get in federal money. That's right. And look, you mentioned roads, you mentioned bridges earlier. That's some of the biggest things in our legislation. But we're about to have a, a session come up, and we have a concealed carry bill that's coming up. We have tons of bills that would be good, but it's gonna not, it's not gonna pass with the current governorship. Sure. Um, we have an ex migration problem. You have young people. I, I know. I tell a story of a young man that just got, came back because he finally found a job here where he can come home and support himself with him and his wife. Well, what you're and, what you're talking about there, I think uh, I've looked up in, in our state is number five i think it was two years i've got the the uh the thing on my phone uh, in the past two years louisiana has lost sixty-five thousand two hundred forty-seven people and we're number five on a list now you would think some place like california with all these millions of people that they would lose a ton more they've only lost one hundred eight thousand. and then it goes new york pennsylvania oregon and then us wow. and we don't have near the population they do nope. and so we are bleeding people uh, our heritage, our, our next generation of kids, they get out of the school, they either go to college or they go try to get in the workforce, and they find there's jobs other places. When we got oil and natural gas stuck in the ground yep. that nobody wants to go get, that you trying your best to beat up everybody, and all these small businesses, every small business that I work with, they're all the same way. We can't find people to go to work. Well, why? Like, I work two different jobs, two different companies I'm with, and, and we, we do okay. Most of the time, how in the world can you not go to work and eat? I, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Um, so there's a lot that needs to go on, a lot of work that needs to be done by the governor, whoever it's going to be, right? And legislatures. I'm again, I'm with you on the on the front runner. 
Uh, I've met a couple of his people, and, and I'm waiting on a meeting with him myself. Um, but I think he's probably the best best choice for sure. Yeah, and the, the, I've, I've invited all the candidates so far except one on the show, and uh, I'm waiting to I'm hoping to hear back. But you know, it, it just what gets me about the state of Louisiana, Mr. Jason, is this: is this that, like you said, use the oil and gas industry for it. We have a governor that that's lining up with the Biden administration, oh. that that that's hurting us. Right. Uh, and look to the front row of Jeff Landry when he he's the Attorney General now, and he's he's been there. Thank thank goodness he was there because he has stopped a lot of that's stuff. Right. What the what the what the Democrat president wanted to do, but this goes back to the House and the Senate side. Because, you know, we're about to go into legislation. This election, I heard um, one uh, representative say this. We're probably going to have a supermajority in the House and in the Senate. Sure. What's sad is I never seen um, a House and Senate controlled by Republicans, but the Democrat governor is getting everything he wants. That's right. And I, I think that's where we need to change. And that's why I'm hoping, you know, and look, I've met, you know, we've had Chad on the program. We were mm -hmm. scheduling Mr. Keat great y'all have a y'all have the vision but and i always ask that i ask that from every person that comes behind well sits behind that microphone what are you going to do you know first off do you think the governor has too much power and secondly what are you going to do to make sure that this doesn't happen another john bell edwards don't come into there yeah here's the scarier thing is this right here what happened whenever we had um uh, and, and this is federal but when we had a uh, majority in the house and the senate and and a republican president and uh, did nothing right well then, that was because of leadership right. in the, the house side. then it got flipped and then now now you can see the the fruits of the labor of of the democrats and that and that right in regard that now that they have power they've had power they've run this thing in the ground i mean inflation's as high as it is how do you recession proof louisiana better texas has got it figured out yeah texas florida that's Mississippi. right and what's the difference the number one thing is is that they've got a republican governor that has stuck his foot in the ground and says not again not anymore we're not doing that and uh to work with a governor that will be as good as uh as the ag has been to everybody uh, is going to be an absolute pleasure and again that statement we were talking about earlier i want to be a part of making a government that is good as the people is in louisiana um, and that's that's what i want to be a part of now, now on, on this other note, then we're going to go ahead. You you asked me the if you could pray for the state of Louisiana Absolutely. on there. We're going to go ahead and do that. I feel that's a great thing we need to do. Um, this is my thing about Louisiana. Okay, so we got four we got four GOP candidates right now, and they all running for the same seat. Look, Sheriff Hewitt, uh, John Schroeder, AG uh, Landry, and the other person that's in there. Name escapes me at the moment. Great people. They have a history. They have you know where they. Uh, but do we go into a primary to where we have a Ralph Abraham and Eddie Responi oh, again, yeah. or a David Vitter and Scott on jail and Jay, uh, Jay Darden? Do, do no. we go, do you, do, I, I think, I think that the party needs to pick out a person and put them up and say, this is going to be our guy and do it. However, they're going to figure out to do it. And I'm, that's a little above my pay grade, <laughs> uh, on, on trying to figure out how the, the republican party is going to do things in the state of louisiana but well this this would be in your pay this would be in your pay grade if i actually this do you agree with us starting a primary system in the state of louisiana yeah absolutely because that, that to me that's the only way i see yeah. us coming out of this mess. that's right we wouldn't have another jay dar that's right on jail incident or a ready responding right. incident if we would start if we would do a primary system right 
And look, I understand why we went to open primaries back in the 90s or the 80s whenever it passed because it, it, Republicans didn't have a shot. We right. was a blue state. But now that we're a red state, we can go ahead and do something like that and we can get the right people in there. Yeah. And it's good that you have a good a good harvest of, uh, of people that are running for that spot. And you can put them together and do debate. I, I'm absolutely. Got to have primaries. Got to have debates. Got to have the opportunity for the uh, the Louisiana public to be able to bring forth questions. Uh, heck, I think it'd be a great idea to have your legislators be able to go to their constituents and, and pick out a top three or four questions and be able to send them in. And that's the questions that get asked during the, 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 the debates. Do you, do you think that would happen under this, uh, under this new legislation? Under the, the, the governorship we have no, now? No, no, not now. No, I'm talking about the upcoming administration yeah. and the upcoming uh, Louisiana House and Senate. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's possible if everybody gets on board and the same, the same thing needs to happen. The, the problem inherently, and I know this may be going off topic a little bit, but with politics is that we get so hung up on, on what the legislator wants and what the legislator feels instead of going out and getting to the people and finding out what they're needing uh, and what should be brought to the floor. What should be, how should we conduct ourselves as District 46? How should we look? How should we feel? You know, and, and whoever you promote to do that needs to, needs to, to have that, that kind of moxie whenever he goes there that I've got the back of 40, or 43,000 people in my, in my district uh, that I've got to be able to, to get there what they want to the floor. Um, and so I think having your, your, your senators and your your uh, your representatives come up with questions would be great because then they'd have to answer from the people and not just what uh, you know the media would would figure out what they think is a good question and ask I agree with you yeah. mr. Jason um, so we, we run and look we, we ran over time but that's, that's all, right. all right podcasting you can have as much time as that's you want it, I like it. that oh uh, mr. Jason uh, for you know before we go into the prayer yeah. Uh, give a shout out to your campaign where people can find you where people can ask questions about you absolutely uh, uh, when you announce when they can get signs and right. all that good stuff so i've got i've got a uh, a tremendous back surgery here on march the 14th so uh, i'm going to be out of pocket for probably two or three weeks uh, we were going to plan on announcing before but the surgery got moved up so uh, we'll probably be early april when we get ready to announce uh, but I, i've got a unique plan uh, i want to go to every every city and do a town hall um, and, and talk to people and have them talk to me before the election, uh, every single city. And I've got several of the mayors already on board with a place and just we have to schedule when and go do it. Um, I've been to a lot of the city council. So um, probably sometime April, early April, okay. our website, our Facebook and all that stuff like that's going to be up and coming. Uh, so just take a look at that. You can find myself, my personal Facebook, uh, at Jason Dozier, I believe it is, on, on Facebook. But uh, we'll have all the other things that are necessary a little later on. Awesome, awesome. Mr. Dozier, if you want to go ahead and pray yes, sir. Uh, for our state. We'll Absolutely. Lord Jesus, you. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Lord, I pray and I call before your eyes, Lord, the state of Louisiana, this sweet district of 46, Lord, the St. Martin Parish and St. Landry Parish government, the mayors, Lord Jesus, the police chiefs and the people, God, uplift them. Give us wisdom and understanding of you, O Lord. Father, let your guidance, let your spirit lead and guide us, O Lord Jesus, to do what you've called us to do, to be the people that you've called us to be, Lord. I ask for your hands of protection to be upon our schools, to be upon our law enforcement officers, upon each and every person, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that you drive out drugs and alcohol and, and all the things, Lord God, that would, would beset people, Lord Jesus, that people get in accidents and people 
have their homes broken into in these communities that are ravaged by drugs, oh Lord Jesus. I pray, oh God, that you put your hand in it. Lord, that your name is made manifest in each and every one of us, oh Lord. Father, we love you and I thank you again for the opportunity to speak to your people, Lord, and hopefully for your people, Lord Jesus. Have your divine way and your purpose within us, oh Lord, and let your kingdom come and your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Mr. Dozier. Absolutely. That was Jason Dozero. He is running for the 46th District State Representative seat. If you live in that district, please consider voting for Mr. Dozero. We are planning on having the other. We already have one of the other candidates here. We're going to have Mr. Keith come on as well. That is in the works. So uh, please stay tuned for that. But Mr. Jason, thank you again Absolutely. for letting us for coming on. So that go, that's going to go ahead and wrap up this show today. Please remember that Jesus Christ is king and he's coming back soon. That's so right. don't be fade of heart because Jesus has over overcome the world. If you want to know Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior, reach out to me. I'll tell you how to make Jesus your Savior and heaven your home. So until next time, be blessed, be encouraged. You have a good one.